Welcome back to another episode of Sunday Golds. Aria Masudi and Brett Nevitt joining you here. And Link Jarrett announced as Florida State's 10th ever baseball coach. He was introduced to the media on Monday inside the Champions Club. And Brett, uh, it was a 45-minute press conference, extremely impressive. Uh, a lot of things stood out, and we'll get through uh, a lot of what Link Jarrett has as his vision for the program. And we're hoping to get Link on this pod uh, here in the next couple of weeks if we can. But Brett... Uh, we were all interested to see the experience that Link had at UNCG, at Notre Dame, and, and the things that he learned there that will allow him to move Florida State forward. And he talked about modernizing the program, and he talked about developing players. He talked about facilities. He really touched on so many different aspects of a baseball program, and overall it was a, a really impressive day for Link. Yeah, I think his biggest point was just, you know, he wants to put his own mark on it and and start moving it forward. Um, you know, he talked a lot of bit about about a lot of different things that just need to be changed at this point, and um, to get this program moving back in the direction it wants to be. Um, you know, I think my favorite part was the five keys to um, program building, which I'm sure we'll talk about um, a little bit moving forward. But yeah, overall, just you know, a really good opening press conference. Thought it was, you know. Everything he says, like I like I said, you know, when he was hired, it's just it, everything he says is with a purpose, and there's a clear message and a clear vision when he steps up there and talks. And um, you know, I think we saw he's a pretty intense guy too, and you know, more so than anything, he just wants to win and put the best product on the field. Yeah, he talked a lot about organization too, Brett. I know that was an area that you wanted to see improved upon. Uh, with this program in the last staff there were times where we felt like organization could have been a little bit better game planning could have been a little bit better and we said it player development could have improved as well so it was nice to hear link touch on all of those things he said we've got to modernize this program that was really uh, something that stood out to me and he really embraced the history of Florida State having played here obviously as a shortstop uh, went to three college world series as a player himself and he made a note to let everybody know I came here to win a national championship we don't have that at Florida State and that's my goal and, and to me I think that signals when you hear somebody give their goal and it's that big and that lofty to want the ultimate prize I loved hearing that from Link yeah and I think he you know he mentioned that not only as he walked off in this year as, as a head coach not with the title but Three times while he was here at Florida State, he did you know as a player walked off that field without the title in hand, and you know that's the that's the thing that more so than anything he's looking for at Florida State, and you know the thing he kind of kept saying over and over again is you know we've got to do everything we can to put these these players in a position so that they are able to go and, and achieve that goal, and you know it's going to take a lot you know a lot of you know updates you know improvements in in every area like he mentioned, but. Um, when you have a plan, when you, when, you know, you have, you know, steps to everything you need to do, um, it makes it a little easier to, to get started on that. Yeah. You know, having growing up here in Tallahassee too, Brett, and, and this fan base is hungry and starving for a national title. I, I loved it. I love that he didn't say we're going to try to win a national title, not that we're going to do everything we can to compete at a high level. He said, we're here to win a national title. Um, that again, that was awesome for me to hear. And then for him to give five pillars, five areas that he feels like every program needs to be an elite program, I thought was huge too, because it shows the level of detail that link operates with. He has a plan for everything and, and a, a vision. And so let's talk about some of those five pillars. It started with evaluation of players. Um, what do you think stood out from that pillar? 
Yeah, I think, you know, evaluation goes into everything you do. You evaluate yourself, you evaluate your, co- your coaches, your current players, um, who you're bringing in. Um, everyone who you evaluate, you're evaluating, you know, every bit about them, not just the player that they are. You're evaluating if they're the right person to bring into your program, the right fit to bring into your program. Um, and like he said, that's the first step to everything. If, you, if you're off on your evaluations, then nothing else really matters because um, you're not going to have the right people in and you're not going to have the right pieces to the puzzle. But if you can evaluate and evaluate at a high level, um, not just players, but you know the things you need from a staff, the things you need from a facility, um, evaluation, it just goes into so many more things than you would ever realize. And you know a lot of that's doing your background info on people and, and finding out, you know, every little detail you can about everybody you evaluate. And, um, you know, that's so big now in the way that baseball recruiting works and um, how far out you have to look at kids. You've got to be able to, uh, you know, just know everything about them and know that in four years, five years, when they're actually here, that they're going to be the same person or the person that you want to have on, on your roster. Yeah, so that's number one, evaluation of the players. And, and I like that he got detailed with, you know, what are this kid's arm actions and the mechanics and does he fit uh, the athleticism that you think this program needs to have in its players? And uh, he said evaluation matters. I love that. All right, number two, recruitment. Recruitment of players, he said we've got to get the right kids to Florida State because even when you identify them, there are other elite programs that are going to be gunning after these kids. What stood out to you with the way that he – chatted about his recruiting philosophy yeah I think you know recruiting is is bigger than anything else at the end of the day you know after evaluation and and knowing the kids that you want you've got to go and then execute it and get those kids get the things you need to make you know that happen and you know it's it's a tough world in recruiting right now and how far you have to get out like you said like he said I think you know at times you're recruiting up to seven classes between the portal and how far out you get Um, you know I think the biggest thing here for recruiting is you just got to get out early and you got to when you do that I think you know you can win in the recruiting world we saw that with the past staff with Mike Metcalf that's what they were really good at that's why that 2024 class is number one in the country is because they got out early they got there before other people did um, on kids and you know when you're there before everyone else you're the first to offer you're one of the first to offer you got a better chance of getting kids but um, you know you got to go get the right talent and you know, they've got a good base to build off with what, you know, the prior staff left them with. And, you know, the first thing they got to do is go and reassure those, you know, relationships. And he did some of that in the press conference. But they've got to go out there and make those relationships their own, their new ones. And um, But, you know, I think at the end of the day, like every college sport, recruiting is, you know, it's the biggest part of, of what makes it go, I think. I like that you mentioned relationships because that was something that, that Metcalf and I think the staff as a whole, right, uh, Bellinger, um, meet even they do a good job of building relationships with recruits how important is that Brett uh, from your experiences and the people that you've talked to when it comes down to not just getting them to come to campus but when the MLB comes calling and some of these kids end up making that decision of all right well I don't want to enter the minor leagues I'm going to wait two or three years and go to college first yeah it's huge especially in college baseball with that you know the draft like you mentioned and then you know, also the portal now and the way that kids can enter and, you know, move with coaches and not just programs, you know, especially for me, out-of-state kids, the relationships are huge to, you know, like a kid, you know, just kids that are out-of-state and commit to a certain coach or something like that. But 
Yeah, like you said, the last, you know, staff was really good at that, cultivating relationships. You know, there's a lot of kids that are very closely connected with Metcalf and, and, and Belly specifically. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with those two classes moving forward that are really loaded. Um, you know, already seen a little bit of movement with just with, you know, I think one kid so far has flipped in the 23 class. But, um, yeah, relationships more so than anything. If you can combine good evaluations with good relationships, I, th I think it, that's a, an equation to success. I do like that he mentioned, Brett, that he wants to recruit Tallahassee, the state of Florida, South Florida specifically. And then he also mentioned Georgia as an area that has to be um, – tapped into but then also he felt like florida state's national brand was big enough to where he could go really reach far out west coast northeast midwest where i think he'll have some opportunities um because of his time at notre dame but he feels like recruiting is going to be a, a nationwide type of philosophy yeah there's good baseball players everywhere you look if you, if you look hard enough and you do your homework um and i think that brand it does reach out that far and kids do know it far away i mean Going back to these classes that, that have been built for the future, I mean, you've got kids from, you know, out of the country. Um, you've got kids from the Northeast. You've got some kids, you know, a kid or two from the West. You've got kids from the Carolinas. Obviously, that's not far away, but, you know, that's not a, something we see a ton of um, on, on our roster usually. And, you know, you want to build in Florida. You do, because that's where the best players in the, in the country are, in my opinion. And there's so many good ones there, and obviously Georgia too, but you can't you know, be one, you can't be, you know, just one area. You got to really find all the kids from everywhere. And, you know, it makes it a little easier to, to find kids that other people aren't looking for. I mean, everyone's looking in Florida for the best players. You know, not everyone's looking, you know, up in Canada or Massachusetts, wherever you can name New Jersey. I think we've got a kid from New Jersey that just came into this class, got a kid in Massachusetts for next year's class. Um, you know, some kids from Puerto Rico in the past couple of classes, um, or not, you know, at least Edwin was from Puerto Rico before he got drafted. But, I mean, there's kids from all over, and that brand does do it. And But like we've said, it all goes back to valuation and relationships. But if you are able to expand it all across the country, um, then you become even more powerful on, on the recruiting trail. So, all right, three, he talked about development of each player. And he said, you know, you can be good at developing, you can be good at recruiting, but you do have to be good at both to win games. And I think development something too, Brett, for us specifically in this program uh, that I thought was lacking. Um, seeing guys take the next steps forward. When you looked at Notre Dame, and I, I went back the, the couple years that he was there, almost every single one of his players that had been coached under Mick Aoki and had been a, a part of the old regime all got better to the point where by the time they were in the juniors or seniors, most of them were hitting 300 and were valuable players. So how do you see that pertaining to Florida State and his ability to develop? Yeah, I mean, for me, that's the biggest thing that was missing the last couple of years. And I think that, that you know, I've made that point a few times. Um, you know, if you're not developing, you know, nothing else really matters. I mean, you know, kids can be really good in high school, but, you know, if they're not developed from that point on, it, it's not going to matter. Um, you know, a lot of kids that come to this campus that, you know, just haven't really gotten better here in recent years, I would say. And, you know, I think a lot of that's, you know, you know, it is what it is. And now we have a new coach here and um, now we'll see what happens. But, you know, I think he's shown in his past that everywhere he goes, kids get better. Um, Notre Dame got better year by year, not just, 
player to player, but as a roster overall, I mean, those UNC Greensboro teams got better each year, uh, especially position player wise. Um, you know, the things he teach, it seems that kids are able to grasp it and that they're able to make themselves better and make a team better um, with it. And I think, you know, part of player development is also facilities, like he said. I think, um, you know, there's just a lot that goes into it, whether that's nutrition, on the field, off the field, um, in the classroom. You know, I think uh, Notre Dame's team had like eight ACC, all ACC academic guys that was released a couple of days ago, and that was the most um, in Notre Dame history. Um, it, it Everything goes into player development, and I think it's – something that excites me the most about what he can do here. I enjoyed hearing him say that it's a specific process for each player independently. And he said, you know, when players are all different and if you develop them all differently, a good team is comprised of a bunch of different players that we've been able to develop, if that makes sense. And I thought, you know, I liked hearing that where it was everyone's going to have a unique plan at place, whether that's hitting, defense, strength and conditioning off the field, a nutrition, how they're going to attack each player. Um, and like you said, that's something we saw at all of his other pro, uh, his other programs. Um, but that'll be interesting, I think, for me, too, to, to keep an eye on next season is how many of the current guys take steps forward and, and little adjustments that they've made to improve. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like you mentioned, the part of it being, you know, tailored to each player is just – putting players in a position to succeed and, and, and giving them tools to succeed rather than just, you know, generalizing, I think, for a whole roster of, of what each kid needs. I think when you go kid by kid and find out exactly what that kid needs, it makes the whole process a lot easier. Um, you know, for kids specifically, for that kid, for him to just have his own plan and not have to worry about someone else and everyone has to do it the same, when you're able to go and do things the way you know, that they're cultivated to you. It makes you better as a player, but it also makes the team better. You know, when you go out and play the way that, you know, it tailors to the way to make you successful, I think it it also makes the team successful in the long run, um, you know, rather than everyone else, everyone kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, Brett, you and I have talked about it on this podcast a little, a little but even when we don't hit the record button and we're just chatting, there are certain guys that, they're, the name of their game is speed. There are certain guys who are power guys. They don't make a lot of contact. There are guys who hit better to the pull side, some who hit better to the opposite field. Um, some guys who excel at small ball. And you've got to be able to understand that and say a guy like, I'll, I'll use a name, Terrell, for example, for this season. With Link, you might see a different approach at the plate for him where it's, hey, these are the pitches I want you to hunt because we know that you're looking to get the ball out of the park. I'm not trying to force you to hit the ball the other way for a base hit. You're looking for a pull side fastball, and every single time you see it, you're going after it. Maybe another player like Isaiah Perry, name of the game is speed. All right, we're going to find different ways to develop you to make sure that that's what you excel at. And, Brad, I'm not saying that you're not trying to build complete baseball players throughout their time at Florida State, but in the middle of the season, in the middle of battle, you don't have the time to be able to develop players like that. There are times where you just have to work on what a kid does best. And I think reading some articles and talking to some folks, Link Jarrett understands that. And that's part of what what made me so excited about him coming here. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, there were times I felt like certain kids just weren't doing things that looked like them. You know, a lot of the time, you know, for example, I mean, I you know, I saw Brett a lot in the summer, Brett Roberts in the summer a lot. And 
you know, preseason and fall and, every, you know, in the fall and everything. And, you know, sometimes it just felt like he was doing things that weren't him, but he was, you know, you know, following what he was told to do, but it just didn't seem like he was just being himself and going out there and letting things happen. And then, you know, I think later in the season, we saw him kind of do that and, and get more open to the pole side. And we saw him, you know, really play well. I mean, there's, I mean, you know, I, you know, sometimes I thought, you know, Jordan sat back on balls a little bit more than he wanted to, you know, sometimes, you know, I think Jordan is really good when he's attacking. And, you know, there were times it just felt like he was very, um, you know, held back a little bit in that, in that, in that area. But I mean, yeah, I just think overall, like you said, Link's going to be, that's something that just seems like his specialty where he's able to, you know, get the best out of kids and maximize the talent that they have. Yeah. I mean, Brett, like certain guys, first or second pitch is the best chance they have of contributing in that at bat for your team. Certain guys can work a count and get it to full and be able to work a walk or find a pitch that they like. Like a Tyler Martin can sit there and grind you six, seven pitches but a guy like Brock Mathis, if he sees a first pitch fastball, putting on a red light or a stop sign when that's what he does best is hunt a first pitch fastball, that, those are things that I think you'll see that Link, I think, will tailor more towards each specific player. And that's things that we've both been calling for. So um, player development, huge. Then he talked about another type of development. Number four was program development. And he said part of that is me explaining to you here today at this press conference what my vision is. But then there's facilities and all the things that you have to do around the program to make sure you're competitive with the college baseball landscape. Yeah, that, that goes into everything, whether it's the field condition, you know, what what kind of things are in, in the batting cages, you know, everything. It's I think he talked a little bit when he was talking about that, about the bullpen and how it was, you know, the things that were down there and the way they needed it set up. It needed to be set up a certain way. Um, program development is one thing that I felt, you know, has been very behind recently where it's, you know, things don't get developed. It's kind of just, it stays the way it is. Um, you know, the, whether that's how things get done or the way things look, um, things have just stayed the same for a while um, and they haven't really been updated. And I think the word, you know, I've, I've used in the past is kind of stale. Um, if, if you're always developing your program and things are always getting updated, always, you know, moving along, you know, things just, they won't go stale. It will be like the word he used, modernized and, and moving forward. So um, I'm looking forward to the ideas he has on that. You know, we'd like to ask him some questions on the program development, some more specific ones um, when we get that chance. But um, definitely looking forward to what he has to say on that and, and all the specific things that will go into that for him. Yeah, I really did like, too, that he said we have to become a complete program in everything that we do. Um, and more along the lines of program development, he said scheduling. Um, the calendar we build for these kids to come in, how they get better, who we play to get better, things that are uh, specific beyond just individual player development. Um, and he said, you know, we've got to compete with other programs in the Southeast. I loved hearing that because you look around and Arkansas just unveiled, uh, shoot, dude, a facility that's what, better than 90% of minor league baseball parks? I mean, it is unreal what they did. Uh, do yourself a favor, folks. Just YouTube, Arkansas baseball facility. I'm struggling to figure out the name of the family that donated all that money, but I saw a 15-minute video, and it really blew me away. Oklahoma State, what they're doing, I know that's not Southeast, but still a program that's a powerhouse. What what schools in the ACC have done? I mean, Oklahoma, right in your backyard. Oklahoma State, what their stadium looks like is, is 
I think me and Chris have talked about that's something that like if there was a new house, that's what I would want it to look like. Yeah. Where it's like a full yeah. park, everything about it. Right. Like that's a good looking stadium right there. Yeah, Tennessee's committed yeah. to Vitello and what they want to do there. LSU obviously, but then like Clemson, I'm sure Backage has asked for certain things to be done. What Virginia Tech and Virginia have done recently and even in your own state, Florida. I'm not wowed by their ballpark, but that shows a commitment. But to the facilities underneath, at least. I mean, they're nice. But, but what I'm yeah. saying is, you're seeing commitment to baseball from other programs in your area, and you've got to be able to go there. And at least, if you're not going to set the bar for everyone else, you've got to at least compete at that level um, to get kids to want to come here. So uh, I like that, and I loved too, Brett, that he said he walked into Hauser, and it was the first time he'd walked back since really. I mean, he coached against Florida State this year, but but really owning it like he was a player. And he said, I didn't reminisce like, oh, this is what we did against Miami when I played. I started thinking about all the things that I need to do to change certain areas and modernize certain areas of the ballpark. Well, there's a lot to think about. Yeah. So, And, and Alford, too, seems committed as an athletic yeah, director to it. I think, sure. you know, he spoke before he introduced Lincoln – um, just after to the press conference, when he talked to some of the media members, he said, there are things we've got to do to better tell the story of Florida State's tradition and history and the concourse. And uh, he, he gets it. I think, and, I think we're, we're moving forward with facilities in, in the baseball program. And I think a lot of this for Alfred was just the fact that the program wasn't developing. Like, I felt like that was why the move was done more than anything else. Like, it just, it had to be, it had to start moving in a different direction, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Alford's a baseball guy. We've stayed. We've stated it. Mississippi State. Yeah, UAB, I think he played college baseball. I think all it took for a guy like him, he's a baseball guy. Was you just watch the baseball that was played on the field this year, and it's just like that's just not a quality. It's not a quality. It's not quality baseball being played on really on any of any of the three levels. Yeah, and you know, talking to certain people too around the program and hearing some of the comments Alford has made too, and what link some of the things Link said about his time at Notre Dame, it was very obvious to me, and Brett, you can touch on this too, as soon as we had an idea that Link Jarrett would be interested in coaching Florida State, I think it was done. I, yeah, I, yeah think, I, think, I, think, I think, you know, meat, Meat's leash was short and cut as soon as we found out that Link Jarrett was interested. So, and, I mean, and it seemed like a very easy process. Link said some of the details he gave of, when that whole thing went down in Tallahassee, I was an hour away from a scouting report meeting that I was about to have with my team about playing Tennessee in the Super Regional. That's when I think it entered Link's brain of, I'm headed to Florida State at some point here in the near future. Yeah, I think one of my main takeaways from the whole day was just, you know, Link, as soon as that job came open, Link was coming here. Like, that was just, he wanted to be here. It was his time to be here. Um, and there wasn't really anything that was going to stop him from coming here, it seemed like. I mean, even if bigger jobs open and he was offered more money, I, I just don't think he would have taken it. It just seems like this was the time for him to do it. This is when he wanted to do it. He didn't want to do anything else. Um, you know, he said Notre Dame president could have done anything in the world, and he wouldn't have stayed there. Like, it's just this is where he wanted to be. This is where he needs to be. It was... You know, a lot of the reason why, you know, we didn't put out coaching boards and that stuff at 247. We just, that's the only guy. That was the only answer for Alfred, and Florida State was the only answer for Link. There were people asking both of us, you know, in our, you know, in social media and emails out in our daily lives when we're just walking around, how sure are you that it's Link? 
And I just kept saying, 99. I was like, pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, how do you know? And I'm like, you're just going to have to trust me. On it just this makes one. too much sense. It I just... literally told someone, you're just going to have to trust me on this one. It was just, it was over. Yeah. And him talking about Notre Dame and having to drive to Chicago O'Hare, which I believe is like an hour and a half, two hours away from South Bend. I was thinking Sitting this... four hours on a, what when is it? Was, a... When he was talking about all that stuff, I was like, wow, I don't think any other coaches are going to want to go there. We should, we, should, we should tell the folks who didn't watch the press conference. He said, we're sitting in the airport for four hours on a layover uh, in Chicago O'Hare. Uh, those are some that we don't have. We, we really, he said we chartered twice. All season. Yeah. One to Tallahassee, and I think he said postseason. Omaha. And Omaha, yeah. they chartered. And Knoxville, I think. That was it. Right. He talked about the facilities where it was Notre Dame has 1,800 seats total in the stadium. They share an indoor facility that has a track running around it. The football team uses it. Lacrosse uses it. One of, I think one of the things he talked about, too, in the presser was, like, like Hauser's always going to have the chance to host a super and – you know, a regional and a super. Like, they just – Notre Dame was never going to have the chance to even host a super. Because, I mean, the year that they were number nine, they should have been a top eight. And the year that they – last – this year when they were not in the top 16, they should have been. But they just – compared to other facilities, they're not going to get it. It's like you would get two hours maybe on a Saturday early morning or a Sunday, and you have four other teams practicing around you in the same facility. And there were times where we had to take our team scrimmage and finish it in the batting cage. Think about that one for a second. Yeah, it's just Florida, Florida State sitter. has a long way to go to get to the top of facilities, but it's not struggling like that. Uh, and that's even more impressive of what he's able to do at Notre Dame, right? W- being able to get his team to that level. And he well, talked about being creative and, and having to build toughness as well. I, I think that's one of the things that I've heard the most. That'll be a difference from last year. will just be how good practices are, how different they are each day, what they do for the players you know, all the different things that he does and the creative ways that he finds ways to make players better. Um, like, yeah, that, that excites me, I think. I just imagine you with, like, your camera, all your notes, just waiting yeah. for first practice. I'm looking forward. You bring yeah. snacks for the players? I'm ready, man. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. Team mom. I need some baseball back in my life at this point. You have fruit snacks and Sunny D waiting on everybody, Capri Suns. No, no. blue Powerade. <laughs> Blue Powerade, nothing else. No. And one other thing, too, that stood out to me about development of the program and and facilities, I actually laughed when he said it. He stopped the grounds crew uh, from – they were lifting the field at Hauser. uh, For those of you that don't know, I think FSU Baseball tweeted about it uh, not that long ago. But they were doing a complete lift, facelift of the field. And Link actually stopped it while they've been in the middle of development there. and construction, because he says, I have some ideas that I think will make life easier for all of us. But upon his first day of getting there, he's already like, hey, guys, whatever project, whatever company you've paid to do this. I just imagine like there are guys out there that are working and he just tells all of them, hey, you're done for the day. Oh, they're probably happy. <laughs> Go home, <laughs> fellas. We'll talk later. Thanks. I don't want to be out yeah. here in this seat. <laughs> all right. So that's four. And the fifth thing, the fifth pillar that he talked about in the fifth area maybe the one that I'm actually looking forward to the most is in-game management. And he talked about being in the right roles for the players, lineup construction, having the complete offensive package to be able to attack opposing pitchers, having depth and bullpen variety, being able to bunt and play short game when it's necessary. 
he touched on so much more, but it really does seem like he will have a plan in place every single time Florida State takes the field competitively. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the times we've we've played them this year, the times we played Notre Dame this year, it just they were always a step ahead. They it always felt like they knew it was coming, or they were able to dictate the game completely and um, you know make us make Florida State make moves based on their moves rather than. You know, making the move, bef- like you just you got to go out there and do things yourself and dictate the flow of the game. And um, you know, like you said, I'm looking forward to that. And you know, a lot of the time, I just felt like Florida State players weren't in the right spots, weren't in the right roles. And I feel like they will be now. You know, you look like at someone like a Jonas Scalaro. Like you know, we felt you know probably the whole year he wasn't in the role he should have been until the last game of the season. Um, and we were right, weren't we? You think about Carson Montgomery. I mean. He, he never really felt like he was in the role that he should have been in. Um, you know, just, you know, you think, you think about certain players and the way they were used and how if they were used differently, they probably have a, a better season or as a team you have a better season. But I think those are things that will be cleaned up moving forward. And, um, you know, like you said, a part of that too is pregame planning, game plans, you're scouting the teams. Uh, you know, a lot of games I felt like FSU wasn't really super prepared for other pitchers. I mean, there was – one point in the season when Meat literally said in a press conference that they were going to stop looking at too much stuff before games about the other team and just go out there and hit because they felt like they were looking at too much stuff. I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that is what it is. But, you know, moving forward, I just, it's, it's going to be fun to watch them, you know, the way they take the field every day and how they're prepared for their opponent, how they attack their opponent. Um, those, those are things that, you know, are, that I look forward to. For sure. And, you know, he said and admitted that he doesn't know right now with the current roster what all he has. He said that I just got here. I was in Omaha on Wednesday, did a press conference Monday. I will get to evaluating what I have on this roster currently. But um, I love that he also mentioned 90 percent of games. He felt like more games were lost than won. And he, and he mentioned pitching mistakes, defensive mistakes. He said you got to keep yourself in ball games, Right. Like, you've got to hang around and then offensively be able to scrap and claw, and hopefully you have a moment where a player devel- uh, delivers a big blow in a contest. The The Tennessee Super Regional was that to a T. They just hung around and hung around and gave themselves a chance to have heroic moments. And you and I have been on this podcast a few times saying there were so many games this season where Florida State didn't even give its – self a chance to be competitive you didn't have a chance for a big hit why because you were down five or six in the most important parts of the ball game right and against Auburn, you were down 14 so right. uh i'm looking forward to florida state being in more ball games because of being just solid and complete and clean yeah and like you said if you're a solid defensive team and you're a solid team on the mound i mean you're going to be in most games and have a chance to win. And, you know, the thing that stood out every time we watched Notre Dame's offense is that they do fight. I mean, they don't they don't go to down without a fight. Um, you know, even – I mean, even the home runs they hit against Parker at ACC tournament, I mean, what, they were all like two strikes out of the zone. You know, the, a guy just trying to put a barrel on a ball and, and he puts a good swing on it and it results in a home run. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you have solid defense, if we could get solid defense here, I mean, that – completely changes the game if if the fundamentals are right if you don't have mistakes on relays cutoffs you know 
um, pickoffs, base running, all that stuff. If you take out those mistakes from this Florida State team last year, it probably looks like a completely different team. Um, you're probably a regional team at that. I mean, a regional host. I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, think about all the one run games, the extra inning games we've lost the last couple of years. Um, you turn those into wins with taking away some errors. Um, yeah. Or base running errors or anything like that. It's, you know, you got completely different seasons, you know, and, and, you know, for meets teams, I mean, those teams just beat themselves so much over and over again. And it's just, that was what was so hard to watch and so frustrating sometimes, but, um, play clean baseball. You win a lot of baseball games. Yeah. And, and we've, we talked about fundamentals and team fielding percentage. And uh, I think the last two seasons at Notre Dame, they've finished above 980 defensively. And, and I don't think Florida state necessarily has to be that every single season. I think that might've been more what Notre Dame had to be, to be competitive with a lot of teams, uh, but Florida State, right, like we haven't – I don't think we've had a team finish over 975, 974 fielding percentage maybe in a decade. And that's like an area I do believe we will see immediate returns on next season. Uh, I also believe the offense is going to take a step forward. When you look at Link's resume, and you and I have both gone back and looked at stats from UNCG and, and Notre Dame, his teams routinely hit above 280. Some of his teams are hitting 300 as a roster. I think at Greensboro one year, his team hit like 350 as a combined lineup. Florida State didn't have a single player hit 350 this season. That entire lineup at UNCG averaged 350 back in, I think it was 2016, um, when they were one of the best mid-majors in the country. And Notre Dame this season, Brett, finished 300, team batting average, good on-base percentages, guys who don't strike out a ton. Uh, So he has a resume and a background that I think lends well to feeling confident about what Florida State can do in year one under Link Jarrett. Uh, I think those are the five. And other notes that I wrote down, he, he did mention uh, former players and said, I want this to be a place that you and your families can come back. I want it to be like home for you. So that was a good message. I know a lot of the guys who currently play in the minors and, and some in the MLB come back to Tallahassee to get some reps in the cage or on the field and just to stay sharp before their season. So I do hope that certainly continues. Um, and then he talked about, you know, assistant coaches. He said he, he doesn't know who that is right now. Uh, I think there are things that have to happen, but you and I both feel good about uh, Rich Wallace, a name that coached with him at, at uh, Notre Dame. I think he was their hitting, is a hitting coach and recruiting coordinator. We feel pretty good that if he doesn't get the head coaching job at Notre Dame, that he would follow Link back to, to Florida State and to Tallahassee. He's an Orlando guy with a lot of Florida recruiting connections, and I think that'd be a really good hire. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think, I think he wants to get those guys in by the end of this week. Just, you know, they, they've got to get out recruiting as soon as possible, um, especially with some big events coming up. But I don't know if it will be announced um very soon any hires just because you know it takes a little while to get through everything and you know I remember a few years back I think it was you know a couple weeks after Bellinger and Metcalf had had gotten here that they officially got announced it took a little while and I think we might have something like that this year but yeah Wallace I believe he was the recruiting coordinator at, at JU a while back played at UCF um so has a lot of Florida ties especially you know the Orlando area down there um and, you know, those are all spots that you're going to find a lot of talent in. So, um, yeah, and I mean, his hitting, you know, the, the, you know the, the way they've hit, you know, I think him and 
links. He's pretty eye-to-eye eye on that. And if he was able to bring someone from his staff over with him too, you know, I think like we talked about before we got on here, it just it would make it a very, you know, easy transition. And you don't have to have those meetings and everything like, you know, how we do things, how we run things. Um, you know, that would be something – you know, really quick, easy hire, I think, for Link. But like you said, I think there are going to be some head coaching jobs that maybe get thrown his way from smaller schools or maybe even Notre Dame. Um, you know, if he got that Notre Dame one, he's not coming here. But, um, you know, as of now, I think we both feel pretty good about that. And then another name we've both heard uh, being floated around, and, and I don't know, we don't feel as confident about this one, but Jason Jackson, Alabama pitching coach currently, Um Again, I don't know that he's going to come back. He is a, a guy that went to Florida State, got two degrees from Florida State. So that could be a name. And I do believe Jackson was actually a name floated around for me when uh, the Knowles ended up going with Bellinger. So. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got a, bit, a pretty big pay raise at Alabama to stay last time around. So, um, you know, I do think there will be some – there's some more available for Link this time. But, you know, that is something that we have to keep in mind again. Um just as follow there, you know, I've, I think I've, I've kind of heard both sides on Jackson, you know, that he is coming or that he's not. Um, so we'll have to see how that one plays out for now. Yeah. So there it is on assistance. Uh, Chip Baker told me he's coming back. He started to tell people that. So that's awesome. The big shooter will be a part of Link's staff. Um, there's also another position, I believe, that Florida State is opening up for the baseball program. We're trying to get more information on what that role will be and, and who will fill that. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say, um, you know, Notre Dame, there was their director of operations. You know, I don't think he'll come over as the director of ops. Like you mentioned, you know, Chip's already doing that in Florida State. But Sean Geit, their director of operations, is a guy that, you know, has kind of followed Link everywhere. Um, he was their director of ops all three years that Link was there. And he was a grad, or, a, you know, I think he was the volley for Link his last couple seasons. Um, his last couple seasons at um, UNCG, or actually he was an assistant coach at Georgetown College before um, moving over to Notre Dame when Link went there. And he also played for Link at UNCG. So I think that's one name to keep in mind for that third spot. But haven't heard anything definitive on that. Just, uh, you know, kind of looking through the, the people who have been with Link for a little while. He's, he's one of those guys. And you wonder if, you know, you bring a guy and, and how you develop staff to maybe do video scouting and uh, data data analytics i know north carolina actually has like a position that they use i think starting uh students i think they started using students to do like data analytics guys who were within the university so maybe they do that um, but link did mention he wants to use more modern technology and, and cameras um to be able to help his players and program develop. yeah one thing fc really needs is you know, I think a video coordinator or something like that. I mean, they have someone that does center field cam and practices, but I mean, they don't really have anything other than that. I mean, you need you need videos of your pitchers open face. You need videos of your hitters open face. You've, you've got to have those types of things to look at them, um, you know, by yourself or with them and show them things they need to improve on. Um, you know, I think, you know, track man and everything is run by equipment managers during games. But you, I think, you know, you know, some sort of an analytical person is – something I think you need to add to staff too. Those were things that you didn't really have much of the last few years. Um, you know, you look at other schools and they have so many positions that are like outside of the coaches. They have like 10 other positions that it's just like, I mean, go look at like a, you know, I know Vandy is obviously has more resources than anyone, but like they've got like eight other positions on their staff, like a quality control, a director of player development, 
you know, all kinds of different positions, a GM, all that stuff. Um, you know, so hopefully those are some things that can get moving in the right direction for Florida State. And even there are some schools that have like sports specific nutritionists and yeah. um, that's something that I, that I hope Florida State yeah. can at least link and at least talk to, to Alford about and, and try and raise some money for that. Again, you can get creative with those types of things. Um, yeah, but you got you got to at least make a commitment to it. Yeah, from some players I've talked to, and just from you know former players and stuff, you know, nutritionist is one thing. You know that you know a sports specific nutritionist for baseball would be huge for some of those kids. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what that position turns into. We don't know for sure yet. Um, I don't think that position's been you know decided or anything like that. So um, we'll have to see how creative they get there. Overall, impressive day for Link Jarrett. Got to walk around, introduced his family, and uh, even a reunion with uh, with Gene Dackerhoff. Him and Gene used to actually call baseball games. Like Link was a broadcaster back in the day for Sun Sports or it was Sunshine Network at the time. And so I think Link understands you know TV broadcasting and, and radio broadcasting, and that's exciting for someone like me uh, and my background and my career path. So. That, that'll be cool, and it seems like Link is very open to the media and, and trying to promote his program, but also teaching the game to those around. I, I've noticed that the few times that we've gone to his press conferences when he was at Notre Dame, um, and especially this one. He seems very much like someone who wants to uh, be able, like I said, to teach the game to, to everybody and, and have those conversations. Yeah, the press conference that we attended at ACC tournament, you know, after they, they beat Florida State in that second ACC game was – I probably learned as much baseball as I had in the last three years, it felt like, like just things that he said and, um, you know, some certain things about certain players and the way they approach different kind of pitchers and how they approach different kind of hitters, um, all that stuff. It's just very obvious that, you know, the way he talks, you know, and he just knows what he's doing with everything. And, um, you know, I thought it was cool to see. I think the first people he went up to and shook hands was the animals of Section B when he got out of the van. Um, you know, he took the time. I think he was talking with fans, shaking hands with fans, taking pictures, signing autographs for about 45 minutes after his presser was done, just introducing himself to anybody that wanted to come up to. I thought that was really cool. So, um, yeah, it's just exciting times. It's going to be a busy summer ahead. You know, I haven't heard much so far. You know, you know, a lot of things for them to figure out before they can get into the portal, get on recruiting trail and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm sure that stuff will start, you know, hitting soon and, um, coming around soon, so looking forward to that and hopefully being on top of all of it. Yeah, something he said he learned a lot from 11, other than being a competitor, was how you treat people around the program. And it seems like we got a good one in Link Jarrett, a guy that really understands what it means to, to be a seminal detail-oriented, has a vision, intense, and, and certainly the background to back all of that up and, and to be able to really make you feel like you've got somebody. And I've been talking to just some some friends about – this might possibly be the most impressive hire at the time of hiring that Florida State's ever had. Like, you've had legends as coaches, but those guys grew into legends, right? Like, in their careers. They were guys you took a chance on. Link Jarrett's a guy who's established, and you went and took him from a Power 5 school. Uh, and, and I know all the connections. But that being said, th this could be on paper um, and on the surface, the most impressive hire anyone's ever made at Florida State. Yeah, um, so yeah, at kudos. the time of the hire. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. of the hire, totally. Bobby I mean, Bowden turned into a legend. Eleven turned into a legend. But those guys were relatively unknown names. I mean, before they got there, and so Coach Ham has done wonders. 
and he's I would say that's one of the the more impressive hires Florida State's made too. But everyone else really, you kind of pulled them as people you took a chance on. Link Jarrett's an established name um, who's done it at a high level somewhere else. So I'm excited about it. This this should be a lot of fun. We're going to try and get Link on this podcast so you can hear the plan from the horse's mouth himself. And so keep your eyes and ears open for that. Um, Brett and I will try and do some sporadic pods here and there during the summer. Uh, some guys are in the summer leagues right now and all over the country, and, and whether that's in you know New England at the Cape or um, – doing things in in different summer leagues as well um, we'll have an update for you this summer and, and obviously now we've got a lot to talk about as link jarrett was named the coach so Brett, if, if there's nothing else you want to add i think uh we'll sign off from this one you good all good all right good work from you as always you can read his stuff at Knowles 24 7 and uh the sunday golds podcast is on apple and on spotify on google pods as well and Again, we appreciate your listenership all year long. Exciting times for Florida State baseball. He's Nevitt. I'm Masudi. We'll talk to you later.